Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Tell you, I tell you that now she's got me in the mood. All oh, follow Bufti Brian Smith left, 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 right, left, right. Let's march, let's march uh, to the mosque for Jumma, Jumma Kadin, Barkat Kadin. Hey, Kushbu, lovely perfume coming through. Hmm, Mufti's got the musk. No, he's got the oud. What's that, Yusuf? Take a deep breath again. Mm-hmm. And of course, the day of Juma in the Oud that you spoke about now, that you've given me when I was in Durban a couple of days ago. I tell you, lucky, didn't have that, you know what, fix <laughs> Okay, people, we are giving you ideas. Yeah, good ideas. Hey, you got a chili powder Oud, or you got a, hey, Yusuf, what else? Yeah, Yusuf said, what about pain boss honey Oud? Hey. We're getting somewhere, Mufti Sahib, but the questions have been coming through. And uh, this question said, Assalamu alaikum. What is the ruling on baking Halloween novelty cakes? Hey, those of uh, our people that went to America, uh, suddenly they changed the accent and say, well, you know, I'm like Donald Trump, hey? Yeah, or oh, mama, make some Halloween cakes. Mufti Sahib. What's your take on this? Yes, Shafat, you know, South Africans generally, they do not celebrate Halloween, but I see uh, uh, the last couple of years it, it's becoming a custom year as well. So Halloween, one needs to understand that it has a connotation with the religious beliefs, and it is celebrating the festival of uh, the dead. So people believe, you know, the dead will gather on one place, etc., and then uh, they bake cakes and trick or treat and uh, wear all these funny, funny costumes. So that is absolutely no basis in Islam. Coming to the question of baking a novelty cakes, you know, sometimes there will be faces on there, there will be uh, animated uh, products uh, and all of these things. So all of it is to do with uh, Halloween itself. And it also will not be permissible. Some go uh, to the extreme of carving out pumpkins uh, into scary uh, characters and all these things that people do. So it shows, again, that it has uh, some uh, connection with uh, religion or religious beliefs of these pa- uh, pagan beliefs that the people used to celebrate. You know, say, so Muslims, we should refrain from this. Even baking a novelty, these characters in creatures on, a person should refrain from that as well, G. Yeah, Mufti Sahib, and as you said, we grew up in a very naive uh, time, but Alhamdulillah, you know, as we grew and we matured, and Alhamdulillah, we got to know these are not, uh, you know, it's not Sharia uh, compliant and uh, it's uh, out of the fold of Islam. And, you know, as you said, I, I'm very aware of the pumpkin thing where they should put a candle in at midnight and it makes, hey, just like a spook. And uh, Mufti Sahib, you know, perhaps even nursery rhymes, you know, they had... Uh, like subliminal messages and if, uh, when they looked at it and they said no these messages were so uh, uh, you know like a pornographic in certain instances of the poems that they read but one I recall Mufti Sahaba you know I'd like you to comment on this uh, was this one Peter Peter pumpkin eater had a wife and couldn't keep her he put her in the pumpkin shell there he kept her very well I mean how do you explain this to kids uh, Mufti Sahaba Yes, Shafat, I'll see you, people took it as, a, as an innocent nursery rhyme, 
And uh, in school also people, uh, students used to say this, you know, so, but the message behind that, uh, what it was written for, that is what is important. Uh, it, it shows abuse, you know, it shows uh, uh, that uh, a person uh, can do with his wife whatever he wants to uh, as long as uh, he is happy. So all these negative things are coming from and hidden messages, like you've alluded to now, coming from uh, something that looks outwardly completely innocent. And then the pumpkin also that you're speaking about, you probably put a candle in there. I believe the term for that is called Jack O'Lantern. So uh, that also has to do with uh, Halloween as well. So yes, uh, in Islam, we have a nasheed, you know, a beautiful uh, kasaid also, we have beautiful nasharif that we can send uh, upon Rasulullah. So, so we've got our own specific identity. We need to bring up and rear our children in this Islamic manner, uh, and then they won't be uh, impacted negatively when it comes to uh, to, to these type of military rhymes uh, that people are teaching our children in various schools. Jazakallah for that, Mufti Saab. Uh, this question says, uh, is there agreement amongst all the scholars uh, that celebrating Mawlud is an innovation, uh, Mufti Saab? No, there's no no agreement among uh, amongst all the scholars. You know, people from different countries, scholars from different countries, some of them celebrate uh, Mawlud as well, uh, in, in particular in Egypt, if you go there. In the Shafi school, Shafat, it is permissible to celebrate Mawlud, and uh, by uh, saying permissible, it means that a person can uh, can give out food on that day as charity. You know, person can read poetry uh, in the name of Rasulullah read the seerah, the history of Rasulullah Wasallam in a uh, things like that. So that is deemed permissible in the Shafi Mazhab, not the extreme uh, views or the extreme uh, uh, route that the people are taking nowadays, wearing specific costumes and doing all these funny, funny things. That the Shafi Ulamai is not permitted. So in the Shafi Mazhab, there is a permissibility, and I'm sure there's other scholars as well from uh, across the globe that will give uh, the ruling of permissibility to celebrate uh, Maulud as well. So yes, there's no underpissing agreement amongst all the scholars that it is innovation. Even those who say it's an innovation, some of them will say that it's a good innovation. Yes, it's a good bidda, as uh, some would say. Uh, Mufti Saab, also, I believe uh, that during uh, the time of the, uh, you know, the Ottoman Empire or the Osmani Empire, uh, that uh, the Salami or Yanabi Salam Aleika was uh, the national anthem. Uh, I mean, your thoughts on that, perhaps, I know that you're a historian, you study. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Yes, it was during the Fatimi dynasty also as well. You know, the Fatimiin, they're the people that uh, actually created our other university. And uh, this Mawlud celebration stems from them during that period of time. And uh, it started in a, uh, uh, where there was a particular king called Budafar. So, yes, all of these things is connected and the dots you can also connect. And uh, some of it is actually good, uh, Shafat, you know, the, especially the Sira lectures uh, teaching us again the history of Rasulullah, and then sending salutations abundantly in Durut. And like you said now, that the Salami uh, or that uh, particular Priyadabi, Salam Alaika, that was also the national anthem in the, during the Osmani period. I simply love you when you come on Quickfire Q&A. Hey, you are a breath of fresh air, Mufti Saab. Yeah, pass me that. Uh, hey, did you get that water from the from the Table Mountain? Yeah, I'm going to have a sip. Bismillah. <laughs> Allah. Hey, like a water. Zam, hey, zam. Hey, <laughs> hey, is it the Cape Zam Zam water? Hey, I see Mufti got his own brandy there. Cape Zam Zam Pani from uh, Scarf's Cloth. Uh, Mufti Saab, this question says, Assalamu alaikum. So, dear is allowing concerts and entertainment, but limiting pilgrims, please comment. Hey, looks like the world's gone upside down, Mufti Saab.
It is, it is. Uh, Shafat, you know, I have people in uh, Saudi that uh, send me regularly messages also, and uh, they're telling me how bad the situation is, especially in the haram in Makkah itself, that you need permission to enter the haram. There's so much concrete work happening there, and it is not like before. It is mostly like a ghost town. Even the shops outside, many, many things have changed. People will be shocked when they go there. But nevertheless, yes, entertainment is allowed. We'll see now that uh, the Saudi Grand Prix will be taking place between the 3rd and the 5th of December, and uh, Post Grand Prix, there'll be a big concert with some of the biggest shayateen and DJs and devils in the world that will be congregating in uh, Saudi Arabia to have that post uh, Grand Prix concert. Uh, thousands and thousands of people expected to attend, and it is for ticket holders, Shafat. Now, how do you balance this? You're suppressing Islam, you're suppressing the deen, you're suppressing the pilgrims, you're putting so many conditions for those people who's funded you all these years. Uh, remember the Hajj and Umrah dollars that you used to make from them, and now you're discarding them because you found other avenues in how to make money, and that is by uh, allowing tourists to come in and drink wine and do haram and dance and all these stupid things they are doing. So this is a sign uh, of the end of time that Tiyama is very, very near, that uh, all these things are happening in the, such a beautiful place that Rasulullah said expel the Jews and the Christians from there, and the Saudi government is opening the doors of entertainment and opening the doors for these people to come in and chasing the Muslim ummah away. Allah subhanahu wa protect us all, Shafaji. Yeah, absolutely, Mufti Sahib. And you know, the innocence of the way they sing these things, they say, last night the DJ saved my life. I mean, how can the DJ save your life when the DJ is a devil's jockey, Mufti Sahib? Perhaps you need to conscientize our kids. And you say, hey, you know what? Hey, uh, last night the DJ saved my life. I mean, we need to, you know, conscientize them because none of us, I mean, we may take it as a joke, Mufti Sahib, but it's a serious issue. And, you know, people like yourself in leadership position, you are studying the different types of messages that's being put through, how media is programming the minds of the youth. And it's, uh, you know, so important for our leaders to know what's going on in that world so that they can, uh, you know, uh, checkmate this and uh, conscientize uh, the ummah, especially the youth, uh, Mufti Saab. Yes, sir, last night the DJ didn't save your life. He took you to Jahannam, uh, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, Shafat, you know, you, you said it very, very beautiful. Uh, I mean, by allowing so many people to come into Saudi Arabia, some of uh, the biggest, like I said, uh, the, the biggest uh, shayateen, uh, that you can find uh, in the world. They are coming there. And I remember that now they're having the petrol uh, uh, dollars and they're having uh, all these uh, different type of money uh, coming in uh, into Saudi Arabia, you know. So uh, I don't know what is going to happen there, but I can tell you for a surety uh, that uh, the things as it is turning out now, it is not good and it is a sign. Uh, that the Ummah is, is, is very, very, uh, in a, very much a difficulty. And now you've mentioned also that the last night a DJ saved my life. You remember those from the old years of those days, uh, and, and today they have David Guetta and all the Shayateen in the world coming. So those are, uh, icons for the youth. They are attracting the youth. And to get people into Saudi Arabia, get these kufar into Saudi Arabia, you can't play a tune of Indeed that you've mentioned. Now you know the band Indeed that says, uh, last night the DJ saved my life. They have to bring the modern pop stars there, and these people will be descending on Saudi Arabia, and there will be less uh, place for religion and more place for entertainment all the protectors, G. Now, Mufti Saab, you remember Lucy the Sky of Diamonds, you know, Lucy Sky of Diamonds. I didn't know, I was talking to a, a drug rehab, uh, you know, uh, owner yesterday, and he told me that stands for LSD. I mean, all these years, I never knew that was LSD, Mufti Saab, and only now, 
was the latter stage of my life I got to know it. That was LSD. Look at how innocently we were captured, but we didn't know what it meant, uh, Mufti Saab. Exactly, and it's a hallucination drug, and people, and it's so common in a right amongst people. Uh, it, is, it used to be a, a rich man's drug, but now you can find it almost everywhere and anywhere. Uh, for a few rents, you will find these drugs. But look at how they use the words. Uh, you innocently you think that LSD, and you won't even think what it stands for. And there, if he told the listeners now what it means, so we should be very, very careful. G. Mm, Alhamdulillah, Mufti Saba, the barakah flows, the knowledge flows, and uh, yes, I'll be very incisive uh, this morning uh, by the uh, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This question says, is it sunnah to fast on the 12th uh, Rabiul Awal, Mufti Saab? Shafat, there is no specific reward if a person intends to fast on the 12th of Rabiul Awal. So many people will be keeping fasting. If you believe uh, that a person needs to fast on that day, then that will be an innovation, that will be a bid'ah, then it is best for you not to fast. However, you can fast any day uh, of the year except those days that are prohibited, which means the two Eids. Any other day you are permitted to fast, you can fast. So if the Rabiul Awal, the 12th, falls on a Thursday or Wednesday, etc. And you feel you want to fast, no problem with that, as long as you don't believe that there is specific rewards attached to that, and you don't believe that it is actually a sunnah or part of deen. So if you do that, uh, then you can fast. If you believe that you're going to uh, receive specific rewards and it is part of deen or sunnah, and uh, that is actually putting your iman at danger, that will be an innovation, then it is best for you to refrain G. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, can we decorate the masjid uh, to commemorate uh, Mawlud? Uh, we should avoid any uh, extremism, Shafat. We should avoid any extravagance. You know, people have difficulty nowadays, and money, it is actually tight out there. So we, we can avoid these things. We should avoid it. However, if we have things uh, uh, that we can decorate the budget, but yes, it is permissible as long as the decorations are of a permissible nature, then a person can beautify and adorn the budget. There's no harm in that, you know. Uh, but not specifically only for Maulud time. Any other time also, the budget should be beautiful. It should smell nice. And when it comes to decorations, Shafat, it shouldn't be those that distract the worshippers from carrying out the ibadah, performing their duties, reading salah, etc. So sometimes you put decorations that a person cannot even concentrate in salah, like these beautiful carpets also uh, that they put in the massage nowadays. It distracts the worshippers from concentrating in their salah. Keep it plain, keep it simple, inshallah. There'll be more barakah and more reward and more concentration, taqwa in tawadu also. For those people that comes to frequent the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, chief. No, Mufti, I give you full marks there. Then you start looking at that uh, musalla. They say, hey, is that a cross there? Hey, hey, haram, man. Hey, that shouldn't be there. And they start looking for that design and where that design. And suddenly you start seeing faces too. You start hallucinating, looking at the musalla. As you said, you know, maybe have like stars on the ground or just have heavens and earth. Uh, a plain musallam, Mufti Saab. I totally agree with you. You make a lot of sense there. This question says, is it a sin if the wife uh, uh, gives a charity from her husband's wealth? Hey, that's a very magnanimous wife. She's taking from her husband's <laughs> wealth and she's giving Mufti. She can give charity from her husband's wealth. She can inform her husband also that she is given her from his household food or whatever type of charity it is, she will get half the reward, you know. If she tells her husband uh, that she's taken from his money, that would be the better option, because after all, that she is the custodian in the absence of her husband. So he entrusts her with his wealth, he entrusts her with whatever he has given her inside the house. But giving charity, even without his permission, it is permissible, inshallah, there will be half the reward uh, for her, as the narration is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari Ji. Zakallah for that. Uh, Mufti, what percentage of penalty is a person allowed to charge 
ask uh, on a late payment. Hey, what is up? Yes, uh, you cannot ask any penalty. You cannot stipulate any penalty. You cannot ask a, an extra fee on any late payment. That is not permissible. That will constitute riba, usually interest. So that is completely haram. Uh, the agreed upon price, if you've agreed prior to the sale, that is what you should uh, stick to. Yes, you can encourage a person that uh, if he pays his debt early, you'll give him a settlement discount, uh, you know, but you cannot charge a person more if he's a day or two late uh, with the money that he owes you. That will be considered as riba. Mufti Saab, I can a man wear a silver neck chain. Hey! Check my chain, Nick. Say, I got a silver one. And something, hey, yes, sir. tell us so, about it. Jewelry is not permissible for, for men, especially even if it's silver or gold, uh, except the ring that a person is allowed to wear. Any type of earrings or chains or bracelets, etc. all those have the same ruling. And that ruling is that it is not permissible for men to wear. That is exclusively for females. We don't want to shabu, you know, we don't want a resemblance uh, between males and females. Uh, nowadays already the metro man, so-called metro man, you don't know if he's a man or if he's a, if a woman because his hair is longer than that of a female. The female's hair is shorter than that of a man. And then this guy wears earrings also and he smells like a female. He applies uh, perfume, he applies makeup, all these funny, funny things that our so-called men out there are doing uh, because they want to blend into society and they call themselves the metro man of the 21st century. So refrain from all of these things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you. Imagine now a lion a male lion has to shave off his hair Shabbat. How will he look? He will resemble uh, that of a female lion. You won't be able to tell the difference between the two. You won't be able to distinguish. So as Allah has created everyone in pairs, you keep your identity and you wear what Allah has made permissible for you to wear. Refrain from these things is not permissible for you to wear in the Hey, I like the description. I can see a male lion. He's mean. How beautiful it looks on him. <laughs> he looks like a real man, eh? Manly man, the mane of a lion. A lovely golden brown. And as Mufti said, give him a shave and he looks just like the female lion. No, that's not on uh, Mufti Saab. And uh, Jazakallah for sharing that with us. Mufti. Is there azan and ikama for females are praying at home? Females praying at home should just start there and commence their salah. There's no azan for them. And, of course, there's no ikama for them as well when they're praying at home, especially for Hanafi uh, females, you know. For Shafi females praying at home, there's also no azan. But what they can do is they can read the ikama. So that is for Shafi females reading salah uh, at home. For Hanafi females, no azan, no ikama. Mufti Saab, hey, I'm looking at too many monitors here, Yusuf. Kullu Mafi, I was talking to you with a mute button on. And, you know, imagine I got 10 monitors in front of me. So I'm looking at uh, BBC, CNN, and I'm looking at Mufti, and I'm looking at Al-Azhar, and then I'm looking at Dioband, and also all that. Uh, Kullu Mafi, Mufti Saab. This question says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Can we lie to someone to save someone's feelings? Example, when firing them or if uh, something bad happens and playing it down, like saying, hey, Shafat, you know what? Uh, we don't need you in the breakfast club. You know, inshallah, very soon we'll, <laughs> we'll call you. Mufti Saab, your thoughts. 
Islam encourages us to be honest at all times. Shafat, Islam encourages us to speak the truth also. Even if the truth is. But if you want to, uh, to, to do it in that way in order to save, you know, a person's feelings, you take that into consideration and then you bend the truth to save that person. So telling a white lie is permissible under certain conditions, under certain circumstances when to, when you want to reconcile between people or etc. Or in this case also, you want to save a person and you don't want to hurt his feelings also. So yes, and you found out that person is guilty of theft, etc., uh, then you can. But remember, if you don't speak the truth in the case of theft, the person will go from this place to another place and you continue stealing there. So rather you stop it and you teach him a lesson now uh, before he steals uh, something good that might uh, land him in jail also. So be careful when you're doing that also, G. Mm, I know that brother there. Hey, yeah, in Brakpan, Yusuf, he smacks his puripata. And he sent in uh, this question. He says, uh, <laughs> Mufti Saab, what is the ruling in being vegan and uh, being Muslim, Mufti? Yes, we're all Muslim first and foremost uh, before we anything else. So uh, eating vegetables only or uh, preferring vegetables is not a problem in Islam. Uh, if you believe that meat is haram like the vegans do, uh, you can't hurt animals, you can't uh, slaughter animals, you're eating meat that has been killed in all these funny things they're trying to tell the people and scare the people. So Islam does not have a problem with eating meat. Rasulullah used to love eating meat, he used to eat the shoulder of the sheep and then he used to ask for another one. So he also had his fair share. Of meat, Shafat. If you have a problem with people eating meat, then there's something completely wrong with you mentally. If you have a preference for, for fruit and vegetables, etc., then keep your preference to yourself. Do not enforce it upon other people. So, uh, being vegan, yes, uh, if, uh, if it means being vegetarian, then it's not a problem, G. Well, you heard it, uh, Nabi Sallallahu loved shoulder meat and some like the leg meat. Uh, this question here says, in the Community women have the habit, they text on uh, social media uh, to make duas for men uh, who are sick. By the time, uh, these men are not mahrams uh, for these women. But uh, these women put on Facebook and WhatsApp status, make dua, this Hazrat or this Sheikh is sick, please make duas. They're so dramatic and just uh, looking for attention, uh, Mufti. Uh, let the men folk of the family request uh, such uh, duas if necessary. But the men uh, got more higher. The stranger woman uh, come forward and asking duas for non-mahram. Stop them from uh, the, uh, these attention-seeking habits, Mufti. Mufti, this is a very yes. important issue. Hey, no, Hazrati, not well, make dua, Mufti. <laughs> Yes, some of them can be very dramatic, Shafat. You see, there's the fitna of social media. The best dua is is to make dua in the absence of a person when that person is not even aware that you've made dua for, for him or for her because in that case the angels will say amen upon that dua. So you don't need to broadcast. See, everything people want to broadcast. They buy a loaf of bread, they put it on their status. They go on holiday, they put it on their status. They buy a new pair of shoes, they put it on their status. They just spend the entire life on social media and yet Islam is taught us to be private people Shafat. and then you want to run to the army and ask uh, for, for help in assistance because you feel Nazan is upon you so somebody would do us we shouldn't display all our deeds out there some do us private do us or private deeds that are the things that will take us into Jannah inshallah because we've done it secretly and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of that you know but being dramatic or just having your name read out on a radio or wherever else you know that we should refrain from, we should have some sort of haya 
some, some sort of, of, you know, of modesty also attached to all of these things. So I agree somewhat with the, what the, the question is sent in. They also had a lot of protectors on inshallah. I mean, uh, Mufti Sahib, and Jazakallah Khair for that, uh, yes, a very apt uh, question. And well answered by you, Mufti uh, uh, Ibrahim Smith of the Boa Kappa. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, can we deal in online forex trading, Mufti Saab? Uh, virtual trading, forex uh, trading, etc. All of these things, in majority of the cases, uh, these things are only imaginary. You know, it doesn't really happen because no one takes cop, no one takes position of uh, either currency that is being traded. So one of the conditions Islam is placed is that a person or one of those uh, people trading should at least take position in the physical sense of the word position of the currencies being traded. These people are only trading on digits and uh, they're not taking uh, position of the actual currency. So in that case, then it will not be uh, considered a permissible transaction. So one cannot deal in online forex if uh, that is how people deal. However, if people uh, actually take physical position of that, then it will be permissible, inshallah, ji. Uh, Mufti Saab, can charity be given upon our Nabi? Peace and salutations be upon him. Yes, you can give charity upon Rasulullah, sallam. Sometimes we forget to do that also, just as you can perform qurbani upon Rasulullah, sallam. So you can go out, uh, give a loaf of bread or whatever you have in your position to give, and uh, then you can uh, dedicate the charity upon the soul of our beloved Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakallah for that. Uh, finally, Mufti Saab, uh, can Hanifis enjoy oysters uh, raw and cooked? Hey, you Shafis are playing with the Hanifis, uh, Mufti. <laughs> no, you cannot enjoy oysters like you cannot enjoy mussels and uh, abalone and all these other sea creatures. Uh, because it is not considered as fish in the Hanafi madhab. Uh, so it is called water creature, so you cannot enjoy that. Whether it is raw or whether it is cooked, you will have to stick to eating fish. Any different type of fish out there, that is permissible for you in the Hanafi madhab. Or any other madhab, they can enjoy uh, oysters, whether it is raw or with uh, Tabasco sauce in uh, some lemon, or whether they cook it also in uh, crumbs uh, that they can do shepard, but not for our Hanafi listeners. Gee. Well, I tell you, Hanafi here, I'm going to have a bed of yellow rice. I'm going to have king clip. I'm going to put some sauce there. Yes, sir, Yusuf, you can fry me some uh, lovely chips. Yeah, salt and vinegar on that. I'm going to chow in front of Mufti Smith. And you say, Ana Shafi Kulu Mafi, and he'll enjoy my king clip with me. Mufti Sab, you were absolutely brilliant this morning. Your parting words? Jazakumullah Shafat for this opportunity and it's always wonderful to share and impart knowledge, especially on this beautiful Friday. So it is the month of Rabiul Awal. People are going to give charity upon Rasulullah. Those who do not have the means, they can send abundant durood and salutations upon Rasulullah. Jazakumullah Khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith and a big Jazakallah Khair to you, you and you for sending in your questions. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.